0: The Disability Report with Karen Keith.
1: Well, very good evening to you and welcome to this month's edition of The Disability Report. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting as usual with Ari Searless, National Director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa, who own Rolling Inspiration magazine, and he'll be telling us about the recent Quads for Quads event, the Presidential Working Group, and the Disability Conference. Michelle Boerter from the Public Relations Department at the Cape Town Society for the Blind. She'll be talking to us about their awareness campaign called Step Into My World. Catherine von Staden will be joining me in studio a bit later and she recently took part in the Fresh Pack Fitness Festival. And she'll be talking to me about showing that having a disability doesn't mean the end, but in fact is just the beginning. And then Lois Apter will be on the line and she'll be telling us about an amazing project being run in Horston, which is near Hermanus, called Love Ability. And just a reminder, if you need any information about something you hear on the show this evening, you can take a look at the Facebook page, Disability on SAFM, or email me directly on disability at safm.co.za. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM.
0: The Disability Report with Karen Key.
1: Well, as usual, I'm not sure whether we have Ari Searles on the line yet. Is he on the line? Sorry, I was, no, we, we're having a bit of problems getting hold of Ari Searles. So we're going to be trying to get hold of our second guest this evening first, and we'll get hold of Ari a little bit later. But also just to tell you that we'll be crossing over to Craig Shilver a couple of times during the course of the show to catch up on what's going on in the Rugby World Cup. And tonight, Fiji is playing Uruguay at Milton Keynes. And... Uh, Apparently, it's going to be quite a game, so let's wait and find out. We'll be chatting with Craig a little bit later in the show just to get those latest scores and a couple of updates. The, show, the match kicked off at 9 o'clock, so they're pretty much just about seven, almost eight minutes into the game. Right, so October is iCare Awareness Month, and joining me this evening is Michelle Boerter from the Cape Town Society for the Blind, and she'll be telling us about an awareness campaign they've put together called Step Into My World, where they're challenging people to step into the world of someone who is visually impaired, Michelle? Good evening. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is a rather unique and different campaign that you're running. Tell me a little bit about it.
2: Yes. So it's all based around raising awareness um, of the need for orientation and mobility for blind and visually impaired people. And what we're really challenging people to do is to to step into our worlds. Um, to To do an everyday task, something that you would normally just take for granted and just do, um, but blindfolded and and see how well you do and then um, there 's a task every week that we are challenging people to do on our through our social media and, and then every week we 'll also be working with our orientation and mobility practitioner at the Cape Town Society for the blind and she 'll be doing a how to video to show you at the end of the week once everyone has struggled and and um, done ridiculous things of how it should really be done.
1: I mean, there's going to be things like counting the money in your wallet. Now, if you can yes. see the money in your wallet, you know, you are quite used to the colors of the notes and we're used to the size and the look of the coins, but not being able to see that, I mean, that could get quite hectic for people who are used to just looking in your wallet. Yes,
2: absolutely. So that is going to be an interesting, interesting one. And there are lots of little devices and, and things that help um, the visually impaired to um, identify their money um and i mean yeah the one for this week is really easy it's just to pour a glass of water so you'd think that would be really simple yes um but people are already i mean we've already had videos posted of much spilling is going on
1: (laughs) i think it's a very good challenge you know because i mean you have to do something to be able to understand how other people deal with something
2: yes and and i think this month being around eye care awareness um it was an important month for us to do this because many of the beneficiaries and the people and the clients who come to Cape Town Society for the Blind have have damaged their eyes to the point where there there is actually no cure. Um, and but what we're saying is that through this training, we can actually give people we can give people sight in a different way. It's around teaching people to do things in in a different way, and in in that way, we can actually restore their their independence.
1: Now you're doing this to also raise funds, are you not, Michelle?
2: Yes. So um, the training that we offer our, our people at Cape Town Society for the Blind, we offer them at no charge. And we really want to be able to continue doing this. Um, and then also many of the devices that, that are available are actually quite expensive. They're, they're imported devices mostly. And, and it's just not possible for many people to afford the, the assistance that these devices could, could offer them. And so we are also um, using this as a way to raise awareness, but also to encourage people to give towards the training for people who really need it.
1: So tell me a little bit about orientation and mobility practitioners, what exactly they do and how they fit into the whole concept of what you do at the society. Mm.
2: Um, Our practitioner is, we're actually so lucky to have a practitioner in the first place who, who works full time for us, because there are are actually very few in South Africa. There are about 30 O&M practitioners in the country, servicing quite a large community of visually impaired people. And and O&M is really the first step in our programs, because we're all about creating independence and empowering people to live independently and to work independently. And we, we really can't do that until they have the freedom to move and to travel. Um, and so the first step in our program is to make sure that, that our people are able to, to travel on public transport, to um, to make their way to their places of employment, and then also just to to cope with, with household daily things that, that people with sight do tend to take for granted, particularly for people who lose their sight later in life. Um, you know, there's so many things that, that we just do, and we, we don't, for example, pouring a glass of water. I mean, we don't think about how that would work without sight. And so for someone who loses their sight later on, it's very important to to start with those basics and to get them to a point where they're feeling confident to to move around their own space and then confident to actually move around in, in the outside world as well.
1: But even having these orientation and mobility practitioners, there are still some problems with getting people who are visually impaired to actually make use of the services yeah. of these people.
2: Yeah, there are still huge challenges um, that that we're finding that we're, we're still facing. And one of the, the major issues that we're finding is, is, in fact, the families and loved ones of the visually impaired person are often quite reluctant to, once they've come for the training, they're often quite reluctant to allow them to actually spread their wings. And, and I think it is um, it is something that's, that's sort of based on, on a fear of, of letting someone walk independently. I think it's difficult for people who can see to imagine um, someone who can't see actually getting around safely. And part of O&M is about safety, and, and our practitioner would never leave someone who, who isn't safe. It's all about making sure that they're at a point where they're 100% safe to walk around. But I think for many families it's still quite a stretch to allow that person to actually put what they've learned into practice. And, and so that for us is still a huge challenge. And then also just um, spreading awareness into our communities around what O&M is and how it can really benefit people um, is still something that we're facing.
1: So if people want to still get involved in this campaign, Michelle, what do they have to do now?
2: The most important thing is to get involved with us on our social media. So you can go onto our Facebook page, which is Cape Town Society for the Blind, CTSB. And you can like it, and all our challenges will be posted every Monday. There'll be a new challenge for the week, which you'll find on the Facebook page. And then also our Twitter handle is at CTSB Vision, and the challenges will also be there. And so it's a good way to interact with us. And then we're just encouraging people to use our hashtag, which is CTSB Vision, and to post their videos, to challenge their friends, or, or just to um, write a post about how they're their experience of doing the challenges went. They are going to get more and more difficult as the weeks go on. So pouring a glass of water was our, our yeah, easy was um, first step, <laughs> but they are going to get a little more tricky. And um, the best post of, of each week will go into a draw, and at the end of the the campaign we'll have a lovely prize for our best video or or photo or post of the campaign.
1: I'm sort of thinking of one of them I see here is making a sandwich. Now that might Yikes. sound pretty simple, but you think about that sharp knife and Absolutely. all the things you're going to put in the middle of the sandwich, and it's not that easy.
2: Mm. And we want creative
1: sandwiches. Oh, not just, not the just cheese, not just peanut butter. Oh, oh <laughs> I was getting all sort of you know over the top with cutting cheese here. Okay, Yikes. peanut butter. No, okay, that is a little bit too simple. <laughs> okay, but it's actually could end up being quite fun. You know, you can make it into a challenge in your family or amongst your friends, I and mean, it could be a lot of and also you learning something at the same time.
2: Mm, I mean, we are seeing people already, um, even just with this, this first challenge, which only went out yesterday, we are seeing people already having a lot of fun, and, and yeah, starting to challenge their friends, and, and yeah, it really is, is quite a fun and different to
1: do. I think it's an amazing campaign. Well done on coming up with that. And uh, uh, hopefully lots of people will get involved and mm. really understand what it is that people who are visually impaired are having to go through every day of their lives. Yes,
2: that really is the point. We really want people to, as we say, to step into the world of someone who is visually impaired and and really um, have that experience.
1: So just tell them again, they go onto Facebook, it's Cape Town Society for the Blind? Cape Town Society
2: for the Blind is our Facebook page which you can go and like and then our Twitter handle is at CTSB Vision and that's also the hashtag that you can use.
1: Right. Well, hopefully everyone will go and log on there and uh, get involved. It sounds like a whole. It could actually be a whole lot of fun and learning experience as well. Michelle, thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Good night. Michelle Boerter is from the Cape Town Society for the Blind, and as she says, you can go onto the Facebook page, Cape Town Society for the Blind or Cape Town Society Vision on Twitter, or otherwise their website is ctsb.co.za. Well, it's time now to cross to Craig Shelver for the latest from the Rugby World Cup. And this evening, Fiji are playing Uruguay in Milton Keynes. Craig, good evening. What's the score so far? Good
3: evening. This rugby update is brought to you by ClipDrift, official spirit supplier to the Springboks. Good evening. Welcome to this Pool A game here in Milton Keynes. Fiji got off to the perfect start. In the third minute, they were awarded a penalty try for a legal tackle by Uruguayan number 9, Augustine Omachia, who was yellow carded for, he'll go to the Sinbin for 10 minutes. That penalty try was converted by Nemani Nadolo uh, for Fiji to le- lead seven points to nil. Then in the eighth minute, number 9, Nemia Tyler went over for Fiji's second try. So currently about 12 minutes into the game, uh, Fiji Lead 12 points to nil over Uruguay in this Pool A game. Neither Fiji, ranked number 10 in the world, nor Uruguay, ranked 19, have notched up a win in this World Cup so far. This is Fiji's last game, but Uruguay still tackle England on Saturday. Fiji narrowly lost 23-13 to Wales in their last match, while Uruguay were whipped 65 points to 3 by the Australia uh, in their last game. Fiji manhandled Wales up front on Thursday night. And the same will be expected against Uruguay tonight. Um, Fiji, uh, Uruguay are holding up their side so far, but um, it looks like the writing's on the wall. Uh, Fiji running in those two tries already. So 13 minutes into this Pool A game, Fiji lead Uruguay, 12 points to nil. This is Craig Shelver for rugby update was brought to you by ClipDrift, official spirit supplier to the Springboks.
1: And we'll be catching up with Craig again a little bit later in the program.
0: Clip Drift Toast's friends who are worth gold. True friends never show up at your house empty-handed. They bring a bottle of limited edition Clip Drift. Or some ice. Or some meat. Maybe even a bag of chips. Or even some rolls. But definitely some limited edition Clip Drift. True friends are worth gold. Clip
3: Drift. Official spirit supplier to the Springboks. Not for sale to persons under the age of
1: 18.
0: The disability report with Karen Key.
1: We've managed to track down Ari Sealis and he's on the line right now and just to let remind you he's the national director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa and this month he'll be telling us about the recent Quads for Quads event and the presidential working group and the disability conference. Ari, good evening. Welcome to the show.
0: Karin, good evening, thank you. I just listened to the advert before your introduction to me. Flip drift just what I
1: need, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we couldn't find you earlier. So you took part in the Quads for Quads, Ari. How did it go this year?
0: Yeah, thank you. You know, I had to, um, I wasn't sure whether I was going to, to do it or not, but I'm very grateful that uh, my health has been um, better for me, and 300 off-road riders left Carnival City on Thursday last week, um, heading for cane cutters at Belito, uh, with this amazing event riding through the valleys of um, the Free State and uh, KwaZulu-Natal, from Carnival City to Stanerton, Stanerton to Newcastle, Newcastle to Wienan, Wienan to Belito, uh, to raise funds for KwaZa. and a a portion of everybody's entry fee goes to KwaZa. There's an auction along the way, a lot of people that ride, ride for corporate um, sponsors, and so they add to the bottom line of the revenue. And then, of course, we, Quaz, make a big initiative to get stationery and soccer balls into the community. So a lot of schools benefited from stationery, and uh, the kids got themselves some soccer balls along the way. So we felt we gave. We also received in terms of the the financial return of the event, and this is an amazing event um, that also satisfies the the fun needs of off-road motorcyclists.
1: It's always a great event. Tell me about the Presidential Working Group. What's that all about?
0: Okay. So, um, just to quickly mention, another 300 riders ride now this Thursday oh, to, right. to Carnival City to finish in Job. So, the event is now a double whammy because it's grown so big. Okay. The Presidential Working Group on Disability, we've been talking about it for almost a whole year, in fact, longer than a year, where the President said he wanted to address the needs of people with disabilities through this working group of 45 people. So it's taken more than a year for the selection process to take place, and now the names have been announced of everybody who's going to serve. I am privileged to say that um, I'm one of the people that's been um, uh, nominated or elected or selected. I don't know how they did it to serve. There is a little bit of dissent in the disability sector that maybe there's a few people past their sell by date. I might, well, I might well be one of those. There's a few no name brands. I'm not sure who, I wouldn't know who to name them. And then, of course, We're missing a large portion of representation from the invisible disability sector. And I have to say that myself, even coming from the physical disability sector. So I think that the leadership of the disability through the alliance is a bit disappointed in the makeup of this group. Be that as it may, we have written to the president asking, you know, how was the selection done? So you can imagine very little time for us to do any work. But, um, you know, these people have been selected, and let's hope it does make a difference in the lives of people with disabilities having a direct contact with the president. Let's wait and see, Corin.
1: Well, it's at least a step in the right direction, Ari.
0: Yes, so these people have been chosen, and, um, you know, this time next year, hopefully I can or someone can get on the radio on your program and say this working group's made a difference in the disability uh, arena. And um, so we're so desperate to see moving forward, you know, moving forward with impact, not just talk and outcome.
1: What sort of things are you looking at initially at working on?
0: I think we all want to know what are the burning issues. So let's say it might be transport, it could be housing, and it could be education. Okay, President, we need bigger budgets here. We need some changes there. We need to engage the minister on that issue, whether it be education, housing, or transport. And so deal with the burning issues and hear from the sector what we want and how we need to get them. And often, talk is cheap if it doesn't have a purse string attached to it. You know? We do a lot of talking. We come up with some great ideas. And then there's no budget to implement them. You know, there's a budget for the talk shop, which we could have and no budget for whatever the outcome is of that talk shop. And so we need to make sure that you know, money gets directed towards the actions which we agree should be done.
1: Well, hopefully we'll get some good reports from you, as soon as you're going to be right at the call face now.
0: I hope so. I hope so, Colin. I always seem to be the prophet of doom, but I am trying to be realistic about everything, too, so that we don't fool ourselves. And you know I'm a strong lobbyist, so um, yes. you know, we, will, we will get some outcome. But you need to be pushed. You need to push hard, and the people that push hard aren't always popular. And um, so I haven't been the flavor of the month. Well, have, has,
1: that, has that ever concerned you, Ari, as long no, as you no, get the no, work no, done? Not,
0: <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, and um, you know, I don't want to... It's not politics, it's, listen, that's what we all agree we want. So let's find a journey. Let's go on a journey to get it.
1: Well, I wish you luck with that. And, and having you there, I feel a lot better now. I know that uh, somebody's well, going to be ra- waving a, the flag out there. That's a compliment. Thank you for that, Cora. And the Disability Conference. Okay, so... People might have
0: noticed there's been a shortage or a missing disability conference, especially in the Gauteng area this year. Um, just to let you know, and then and next month certainly I'll be able to give you far more detail. You know, keep your ears open and your eyes open. There's a chance um, that there will be a disability conference in the first week of December, uh, That uh, a good, solid conference that will have possibly a trade show and outdoor activities uh, attached to it, it's sort of at the tipping point of yes, let's do it, go ahead, or no, let's be cautious and not, um, and let's look at the risk and rather save it for next year. And I think it's important for everybody to know. And this particular conference will be will be organised by the alliance, owned by the alliance. So at last, we now can talk about having our own conference owned by ourselves. And if there is any revenue generated afterwards, it can go into you know the coffers of the alliance, which definitely needs. Um, you know, to be sustainable. So, whereas previously it was given to us, um, you know, we were invited to a conference, now we're inviting the disability sector to a conference of our own. So i not being Ari or Quaza or Rolling Inspiration, it's uh, the combined sector uh, will have a branded conference. We just, just a few things that could tip us to be able to say to make the announcement.
1: And, Ari, before you go, I have to say that I've seen the new Rolling Inspiration fabulous look. It's, it's got a whole new look to it. It looks really great.
0: Yeah, thanks. I think we need a new look. You know, sometimes you need some change. You need some innovation. And we spoke about it on the phone, and you asked me what change, And I said the look and feel is important.
1: Mm, it's, very, but, it's very different.
0: Yeah, and so thank you. That's a great compliment, and we're very proud of Rolling Inspiration. And um, I'm sure you'll give his email address.
1: out If anyone
0: wants to subscribe to Awesome Magazine, we're ready to receive your email. You've
1: got new columnists and all sorts of new things in there too, which is yeah, rather exciting. Yeah, and,
0: and it's important to innovate. You know, otherwise uh, we're going to go downhill. So we, I think we we've, we've pushed the button at the right time.
1: Well, it looks great, and I'll, and I'll give out the website as well. People can go. The website is, I would imagine, still the same. RollingInspiration.co.za. Yes, it
0: is.
1: And they can go on there if they want to subscribe. All the information yes. will be on the website. Alternatively, as well.
0: email info at quasa. That's Q-A-S-A.co.za.
1: And you'll be able to help them, but right. well, well worth. Um, I must tell you, after I've read my copy, I take it down to the. all, I, well, I take all my magazines down to the local old age home, and they love that magazine because they find there's so many interesting articles in there. You know, it's not people say, well, it's just specifically for disabled. It's not. It. I think it's it's of general interest. A lot of those yes. articles in there as well, which is great.
0: Yeah. Thanks for acknowledging that.
1: So that's that's really good and well done on that. But Ari, thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you again next month.
4: All right. You.
1: And we'll hear more about the conference, hopefully. You'll have some more information yes, for us on that. A- absolutely. And keep keep waving the flag at the working group, Ari. Ari. No doubt oh, well, you'll be doing thank that.
0: Thank you. And uh, for all our rugby fans,
1: go oh, Bokka. Gosh, yes, tomorrow night. Yes, definitely. <laughs> go Bokka. Even though we're playing the States, I'm sure we're going to do well. But we shouldn't count our chickens, I don't think. Okay. So we'll look hopefully a good game tomorrow. Ari, thanks so much for your time this evening. Okay.
5: Thank you. Good night bye to bye. you.
1: Ari Seelis is the National Director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa. They also own Rolling Inspiration magazine. Now, if you wanted to get your own copy of Rolling Inspiration magazine, they're available at Pick and Pay Pharmacies, and they're also sold by subscription, and you can find them on the, web, the magazine's website is rollinginspiration.co.za and if you need any information from the Quad Paro Association you can always call them on 0860-ROLLING their website is quasar, That's qasa.co.za and as Ari says if you want to know anything just email them at info at qasa.co.za The
0: Disability Report with Karen Key
1: it's time now to cross to Craig Shilver for the latest from the Rugby World Cup, and as I mentioned earlier, Fiji are playing Uruguay and Milton Keynes. Craig, um, what's happening at the moment? Well Uruguay have actually
3: scored just scored a try. Before this game, Uruguay were the only team at the World Cup not to have scored a try. Um, they went over through their hooker in the 16th minute, uh, Carlos Abaloya, um, and that try was converted by Alijo Duran, their, their number 10. Earlier Duran had kicked a penalty as well. So currently Fiji lead lead Uruguay 12 points to 10. Um, Fiji has scored at least one try in their last 31 games they've played. But have conceded a try in every World Cup game they've played as well. So Fiji have great attack uh, but they also are not great in defence. This looks to be a, a very interesting game we've got on our hands here in Pool A in Milton Keynes. The field's a little bit wet. So handling might be a little bit tricky, but um, from what we've seen so far, looks like a great game in the cards. This is Craig Shelver for SAFM Sport.
1: And we'll be catching up again with Craig a little bit later in the programme. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well Catherine from Staden is someone living with spastic paralysis and over time her legs become weaker and weaker and her balance becomes worse and worse. But she wasn't about to let this get her down, and she says that having a disability doesn't mean the end but in fact it's just the beginning. And Catherine joins me now in the studio. Catherine, good evening, welcome to the show. Good evening. Now you've just come back from participating in the Fresh Pack Fitness Festival in series over the past weekend. How did that go?
4: It was great. I I first did the three kilometre swim, open water. And uh, that was in the morning, and then in the afternoon I did the triathlon, but I didn't do the run. I just did the swim and the cycle, which was an 800-meter swim and a 20-kilometer cycle. Wow. And you have a specially adapted
1: um, wheelchair with the hand cycles, is that correct? Yes, so the hand
4: cycle is just with my arms.
1: So it needs a lot of upper body strength for that. You do a lot of training.
4: Basically, Upper body training
1: is what we do. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about you, because you seem to have this amazing mindset that you decided that this was not going to be the end of everything. This was just going to be the start. And you've literally taken off as the most amazing athlete. I mean, you're doing things that
4: able-bodied people would look at you and say, I seriously don't know how you do that. (laughs) I think I I had to come to a point in life where it was either sit in my room and, you know, get depressed about my disability or, you know, do something. And live life. And it took me a few months to get over myself, but I eventually, I think the turning point was for me, I started working for a disability organization and I started to realize that um, having a disability is not the end of the world and that, um, you know, life, there is life after having a disability. So, yeah, joining CBM, which is an international uh, organization, has pretty much shifted my mindset to what it means to have a disability. Um, Were you always sporty as a child? I mean, growing up, was it always something you wanted to do? Yes. So as a kid, I grew up playing sports. I mean, I started playing sports when I was four or five. My dad really got me into playing baseball. At that stage, I was running and, you know, I was slow, but I, I, I played sports. That's what I did. And so, but I gave up on sports after I left school and I didn't do anything for about 15 years. Um, and then, uh, I decided to take on the mid my mile, which was back nearly three wow. years okay. ago. <laughs> you don't start small, do you? No. <laughs> Why start small? Well, yeah, I mean, wow. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just developed over time. So I took up mid my mile and the next thing was, what should I do next? And at that time, I think, uh, we had an interview two years ago when I was going to do the fresh pack, uh, f- uh fitness festival right And at that stage i was still using my legs to cycle and to try and walk and i tried that for a few triathlons and realized this is not it's not my strength so what am i doing and uh december last year i decided let me shift to just using my arms because that's my strength and um, so um, amazingly i got donated a hand cycle and a racing wheelchair and so we've just gone from strength to strength you've been competing not only
1: locally, you've been
4: competing all over the place. So, well, um, at the moment I've only done local races with my, my new mm. hands. So the plan is maybe next year to go overseas and, and do a race. Um, I would like to go to New York and do the, the New York triathlon.
1: Wow. Okay. Not just the marathon, you're going to do the no,
4: triathlon. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at the things that you have to do and I think, no, seriously, really, yeah. I mean, at one stage I was just swimming and I actually found it a bit boring um, and it, it, it was jumping in a pool and swimming a length and, uh, you know. What else <laughs> is there? Well, you know, there must be more. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went back to triathlons and that's when I shifted my equipment to just my arms. I believe one of your goals is to do the Ironman at some point. I would love to do that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a few years in the making, uh, but that, that is the goal. You know, at the moment I'm trying, we're doing Olympic distance triathlons. So that's the uh, 1.5 kilometer swim, a 20, 40 kilometer cycle and a 10 kilometer run all with my arms. Wow.
1: That's quite incredible. But your mission I think reading about you though is that you are passionate about inclusivity when it comes to people with disabilities and that's a big thing for you.
4: Yes uh, it's um, you know our organization the CBM is pretty much really advocating for inclusiveness and so I've kind of caught on to that and just realized the importance of it and just I mean I go to sporting events and it's me and uh, I think at the Pack, there was another lady that I knew, Sophie, Sophia, who who also has a disability. Otherwise, you just kind of you you show up at events and they're not equipped to handle you, um, and the organisers don't know what to do with you because <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah. So really, I want to go out there and and uh, just show up and be able to just show them that it's not that hard to. Um, host someone who has a disability which is what i loved about fresh pack you know the organizers there they really work alongside me to say what can we do to make it easier and better for you and uh, it's great working with the team there um but my my whole thing is to just you know if a race isn't accessible i go anyway um and i Make it, Make it accessible for yourself. Do you think that's the problem? Is that people
1: are, are nervous to go to these things because they fear, like you say, that they're not equipped to, to to deal with them, or do you think it's because they're not equipped to deal with them that people just don't go?
4: Uh, I think it's a bit of both. Um, and I don't. I found that a lot of the organisers, because people with disabilities don't go, they don't think about it. So unless someone shows up, they're not. They are not going to change the way they do. Races. So, for instance, I took part in a race in Bella Bella up in Warm Bars recently, and um, it was an accessible race. But I I realized, I said to the guys, all they had to do was put a ramp down a pavement, and it would have been a totally accessible race. And, you know, they wouldn't have thought about that if they didn't have someone like me show sure, up who actually had a hand cycle that needed to get off the pavement. Just simple things, really. Yeah, which people don't think about it because people with disabilities don't show up at sporting events. How do you think you can change this?
1: I mean, other than being a role model yourself, I mean, how do you, can you get other people happy to want to go first of all, and then to get the organizers to think about changing <sighs> minor things?
4: I, yeah. I'm, I mean, my focus is on triathlon and I, and I find that in South Africa, the triathlon and the, the paratriathlon, which is for people with disabilities only is on the rise. Um, and so it's a new thing. Whereas if you look at the swimming, you know, Paralympic swimming is big uh. because that's what they know. That's what the South Africans know. They know the, the Paralympic swimmers and um, so various sports. But for me, I have to just show up at a race. Like, and and, and um, there's a race happening in uh Walder Free Wine Estate, which is, um, you know, for Western province championships. And so I n- would like to get onto the West province team, but then they told me the race is inaccessible. So I said, well, okay, so what can we do? And they said, well, there's not much we can do. And the dam that you've got to swim in the 800 meters, you've got to swim 400 meters. And then there's a, you've got to get out and jump into the next dam. So I said, okay, well, I'll just crawl out <laughs> and jump into the <laughs> next dam plan. and I'll make a plan. Um, and I'll go do the cycle. Unfortunately, I can't do the run because um, it's over rocks and uh, okay. boulders and mm. stuff. But I think the hard part and what I'm told is that it's really hard to, for triathlons is to block off the roads in Cape Town. So um, to take a race and put it on the road is really hard. And so when I do the run, I'm doing it in a wheelchair. You can't do it on gravel. It's, it's, so are you going to be doing this? Well,
1: as much as you can of this. Yes. You are, are you going to go? It's sort of a case. Yes. Well, you know, I'm going, and I'm just going to do it.
4: And I'm going, and and so even fresh back, I couldn't do the run because it's on, uh, it's in the campsite, it's on gravel. There's just no way. And so I went, but I said, well, I'm coming anyway. And I mean, they actually invited me. Um, and I'm doing another one, Slung Hook, which is on the 25th of October. And I'm getting a friend of mine to run because, again, the, the run is on gravel. So oh, I'll right, do the swim okay. and the cycle and she's going to do the run. So I'm a bit of a I, – I, um, I make a plan. My, my dad like always it. says – we well, used to tease my dad. He always says, a bood make a plan. Yes. So <laughs> yes. My dad's African, so I'm kind of a bood. <laughs> so I always make a plan. <laughs> I love the spirit of it, though. You know, it's not,
1: well, You can't. we can't really accommodate you. Well, that's fine. I'll just come and do it anyway. Yeah. Um, I love the attitude, though. Yeah. And that, I think that's a lot of why you do what you do. Yeah. As you said, you got your mind right at one point. Yeah. You know, it's that whole mind shift. And, and to decide, I'm not going to sit here and just feel sorry for myself. I'm going to go out there and do what I want to do. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's actually quite incredible. And it's to get other people to... I don't know to get that same sort of feeling because that's that's your your goal is to be, let people understand they can be included they can yeah. take part. Don't be put off when somebody says we can't really accommodate you, yeah. and you sort of pitch up and say, well, actually no, you can. It's a very simple thing, or I'll just do that, and someone else can do the other bit, and you know. And and I don't think people have got the maybe the gumption like you have to go out there and say, well, I'm just going to do it anyway.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is a great thing to have. Things. How do you get other people to, to understand that and want to get involved? Do you have, have people coming up and saying, how do you do this? Can you help me or show me how to do this?
4: I Actually, no. I um, haven't met people who, yet who um, are looking to get into sports who have disabilities. I think I'm I'm still, I'm new, strangely enough, I'm actually new into this. Like, I mean, I've been working for CBM for three years now. So that's three years in a sport. I've been getting into sports, so I haven't really gone into the the circle of the disability sports in South Africa. So I'm still i You're learning. forging the path for the rest of us, Yeah, I think is what <laughs> you do. It does get frustrating <laughs> sometimes, I'm I, sure I, I have to tell you. But um, I realise sometimes if you're a pioneer in something, you have to take everything it throws at mm-hmm. you and just... You know, make you, a plan. You,
1: You're sort of doing all the hard yards at the moment yeah. for everybody else. So yeah. I hope those that come after you will sort of have an easier ride, literally, when, when, you know, coming up and trying to get involved with the things that you're doing now. Yeah. So you mentioned wanting to do the Ironman at some point and hopefully next year going overseas to do the, the New York Triathlon. Um, what else has, have you got on the cards for the rest of this year or into the new year?
4: Well, for the rest of this year, so I'm doing um, a race on the 25th because it's really triathlon season. So I'm trying to get as many... Uh, races I can in, strangely enough I actually haven't completed a race fully um, because I'm still getting, it's at six months with my new equipment so you can imagine my arms are still getting into it um, I'm going up to Johannesburg on the 1st of November there's a 51 fifty one fifty triathlon race um, so I'm going to go do that hopefully finish it um, and then I'll be back and in December I'm going, there's a triathlon race Race jailbreak, out in Worcester, and so that's my plans for the year. Um, and uh, starting to think about next year would be, um, I think, in April. There's the South African champs up in uh, East London. I would like to get to, and uh, the New York triathlon would be a big, uh, a big so thing for big me plans. To, to to go. Yeah, I think if you think small you're gonna be small so
1: he's making me tired thinking about all these things
4: what about training how often do you train and where do you train so I train six days a week um four of those days are twice a day so in the morning and the evening uh, I train I have a I was at the sports science I have a personal trainer there Greg Hyson he um he's kind of my biokineticist so he just makes sure I'm the nuts and bolts are still in place, and we do lots of strength training. Um, and then I have a triathlon coach, um, Neil. He work. He's got his own company for dynamic coaching, and uh, he sets my program for the weeks. And base. And I swim at the sports science. Um, and basically, I have an indoor trainer for my hand cycle, so I don't have to go onto the roads because oh, it can get yes, very difficult absolutely. and hard. Mm. So in the weeks, I, I train in my garage with my hand cycle <laughs> in and my earphones and <laughs> blaring music to try and get the boredom of an hour just sitting there in your cycle, just, you know, ticking away. Um, And then my running, I go in my race wheelchair and I literally go in the neighborhood where there's some quiet roads and I've made myself a bit of a loop that I'll just, again, boring loops <laughs> round and round and round. I can't tell you, training's not the most interesting thing, but um if you don't train, you're going to rock a bit of race and you're going to just fall apart. So, yeah. um, You did it with the goal in sight, so it's worth it. Yeah, so I mean, before I came here this evening, I did an hour and ten minutes on my hand cycle. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of mind uh, just to think, like, oh, really, I have to do this over and over and <laughs> over. <laughs> but the interesting thing is it gets you, It get, when, when it gets tough on a race, you realize, wait, hold on, I've put in the miles, so let me just, push on, I remember when I swam on Saturday morning, the three kilometers, my longest open water swim I swam, to date and um, you've got to do a 1.5 and then you do a loop again and I got to the the end of the 1.5 and I was like, I'm going to get out, like (laughs) the end is there (laughs) why would I go for another lap it's crazy and then um, and as I was turning to go for the next lap, I mean the first guy who was doing the three kilometer swim was coming in to finish and I was like, okay I'm way behind, (laughs) But um, you, you kind of just, I mean, I had to push through my head and just go, just, you had to do just keep going. And so I just, I set off on my another one kilometers, one and a half kilometers swim. And I got out and it was, it was like, wow, you can do that. And I think if you don't train for that in your mind, you, you're always going to have that during a race. Oh, God, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And, <laughs> but... So besides the physical, it's a lot of mind. Uh... Sadly, I would think
1: that before I got in the water and not get in to start with, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have got halfway around and then thought, "Well, I should get out." I wouldn't <laughs> have got in in the first place. <laughs> Catherine, I, th- I think you actually—I mean—amazing. I mean, what you're achieving in, in a relatively short space of time that you got into this and you're you flying, literally. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I, you honestly look like you're on the path. I can't wait to see you do this uh, Iron Man and the New York Triathlon. I mean, I have to talk to you once you've done those. It'll be fantastic to find out how you got your mind into doing this because, I mean, you're going to get bored running or cycling or whatever you're doing in any of these things halfway through. Mm. So i want dying to know how you cope with that, what you told yourself halfway through the race. Seriously, just keep peddling. you know. So. <laughs> I'd really like to chat with you about that. But thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening.
4: Pleasure. Thank you.
1: For thank you. To find out more about Catherine, you can have a look. There's a website. It's a voice enabled.blogspot.com. There's also a Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash disabled or facebook.com forward slash Catherine.starden. The Disability Report with Karen Key.
2: This
3: match is proudly brought to you by Shield. It won't let you down.
1: Well, it's time now to cross to Craig Shilver for the latest from the Rugby World Cup. And this evening, Fiji are playing Uruguay and Milton Keynes. Craig, hello there. How's, this, how's it that they're doing now? What's the score so far? Well, Fiji currently lead 26 points to 10 over Uruguay.
3: Fiji are, Fiji are monstering Uruguay up front in the scrums, the loose, and even the lineouts. Um, they were Fiji were... were Uh, given a penalty try for a scrum offense in the 27th minute that was converted by Nadolo and um, Nadolo is back the the Fijian powerhouse winger um, is back from suspension today he's looking so dangerous when he gets the ball in a bit of space you know and at 125 kilograms he's like a runaway train when he gets a ball in hand Um, then uh, just a few minutes ago Nadolo in fact set up lock Leon Nakamura for a try and then uh, Nadolo also converted that. So uh, we've just gone to half time now, and Fiji lead Uruguay 24 points to 10 in this Pool A game in Milton Keys. This is Craig Shelver for SAFM Sport. This match was proudly brought to you by Shield. It won't let you down.
1: Right now, the Springboks are in England, where they will try to become the first team ever to win the Rugby World Cup for a third time. As they go, they take the dreams of an entire nation with them. The Springboks choose Shield, South Africa's number one deodorant to keep them fresh, confident and dry under pressure. If Shield works for the Springboks, it will work for you. Shield, it won't let you down. Well, there's a hive of activity taking place in Horston, just outside Hermanus. A group of people from the Overstrand Wheelchair Association are producing a range of quality products under the label Love Ability that sell out, apparently, wherever they're put on sale. Well, to tell us more, I'm joined now by Lois Apter. Lois, good evening. Welcome to the show. Oh, I think we've lost Lois. We're going to try and get hold of her. But um, while we're waiting to hear from Lois, just a reminder about all the things. If you're wanting to get hold of me, you can email me directly on disability at safm.co.za and all the information from the show every evening when I do Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, each one has their own Facebook page. You can go and have a look. But tonight's Facebook page you can have a look on is Disability on SAFM. And as I was talking earlier there about uh, Lois Aptis, she's involved with, uh, with Love Ability. And as I mentioned, that there's a hive of activity taking place in Horston. It's just outside hermanas and a group of people from the Overstrand Wheelchair Association are producing a range of quality products under the label Lovability and they apparently sell out wherever they're put on sale. Lois, good evening welcome to the show. Hi Corinne So tell me about Lovability I've had a look at some of the products. You make the most amazing things, the most fabulous soaps and I love the pigs. Tell me about the pigs The pigs are absolutely going viral
5: We, um sort of floundered upon the on the pig. We we started doing recycling and we started making things out of paper mache. And suddenly the pig idea sprung upon us as a result of a donation that someone very kindly gave us. Um, and the pigs are now we're selling them all over the show. We have fun, brightly colored ones and then we do corporate ones, which we brand with companies logos. And then they, in turn, give those to their customers as corporate gifts. So um, and then we also have distributed pigs all along the, the Whale Coast um, to various people through the Hermanus Tourism, Whale Coast Tourism. And those are collecting um, for our ability workshops. We like to call them ability
1: workshops, not disability workshops. I like that. So tell me about the people and the organization and how this all works and how it came to be.
5: Well, we were actually the offspring of the uh, Wheelchair Association, the Everberg Wheelchair Association, and they, um, we sort of worked together on a very sort of informal once-week basis, just doing crafty things. And then we... Um, some funding became available, and our wonderful lady Alda, who Alda Deploy, who's the um, project leader, managed to secure some funding. And five... Remarkable people apply it, and you know we're best lovability born.
1: So, how many people work for you for it now, Lois?
5: There are five people involved: um, one lady and four men, um, who are absolutely unbelievable, um, quite severely disabled, but incredibly able.
1: So how did they I mean was this just something that they knew how to instinctively to do? Was there a lot of training involved? How did you get them to do this?
5: No, well we you know it really was trial and error because we tried all sorts of um crafts but because of the range of disabilities we had to sort of try and find things that suited um the different um disabilities and eventually just settled on things which which worked and which people enjoyed doing. Um And that's how it's all come about. So the soap actually came about as a result of a lady who I've never met um, called Ronnie Banks who had a little soap factory at her home. And then when she died, she said she'd really like the um, business to be given to a charity. And I just fell in her path. And that's how we started manufacturing the soap, which has really just taken off in the most amazing way. Um, it's a really quality, gorgeous organic soap with locally sourced lavender oil and, um, olive oil, which we get from Montague and Hermana's rainwater. And it's the most, it's a really lovely product. We do, um, the Castile, old Spanish Castile method of manufacture, Um so it's, you know, the the batches, the pan soap is um, rebatched, an old method of making soap, and then we also make a liquid soap um, and a room mist, which Gosh. is also
1: very natural and lovely. So you make the soap, you make the hand soap, the <coughs> excuse me, the liquid hand wash, and the room mist, and the pigs. Do you have anything else in your range?
5: We we actually have a very active pottery section. We We have a fabulous kiln, which um, we were given, um, which is specially designed to accommodate the wheelchair. So we have a range of pottery things that we do. We've made um, AIDS ribbon brooches for um, Right to Care, which is also a global-funded project, like we are. Um, And we've done various other things. We do personalised um, mugs, mugs. and a lot of moulding. So what we would really like to do is have workshops where people can come and paint this. We're we'll fortunate to have a wonderful venue.
1: There's actually a, a pottery place here in Cape Town where you can actually go there. They give you the raw pottery, and you can actually paint your own designs on it.
5: That's that's exactly what we we're intending yes. to do. We we're very lucky that um, we've just recently moved into the most amazing house in Horston um at the anglican church um so we've got wonderful grounds and we've got a you know it's an old heritage house, so we have our soap factory and a and a wonderful little shop which we'd love people to pop in and visit on their way past.
1: And hopefully I mean the thing here in Cape Town I think it's called The Clay Cafe Where you can go yes. And um, paint your own pottery And it's a wonderful thing Families go It's a, an amazing thing And people love that It's a great sort of Outing for the family So but if you yeah, can get and that started It's also really
5: It's a really nice Sort of team building thing Absolutely as well, you Yes
1: know? Mm. So maybe you should but, get that gets started That'll be another Sort of string to your bow
5: Well that's what we're working
1: on yeah. now, now you said you had Five people working there At the moment Are you looking at Expanding this at some point Lois?
5: Um, you know, we really five
1: um, helpers, um, one of whom, two of whom are able-bodied, um, which is one oh, Lois, this, your, your cell phone is breaking up terribly. Um, are you still with me? I'm with you. Can you uh, hear me? Yes, now you're fine. Maybe if you just stand really still. My word, okay, that's so That's much better. Thank you. Okay. I'd asked you about the five people and whether you were looking at expanding at any point.
5: Yes. Now we definitely are. We have five helpers already. Um, we're training to to do all the different facets of the business. Um, and mm-hmm. we, in the near future, going to be starting a, a gardening project because we have wonderful grounds. So we we're hoping to get funding to start market gardening, um, specially designed gardens with wheelchair friendly um, beds, raised beds. Initially just feed our people and then, you know, hopefully feed their families and gradually float a market.
1: Now the people that are working for you now, Lois, are they able to support themselves by doing what they're doing with you?
5: Well, you know, we don't actually I mean, we don't actually employ anyone. It's, you know, they are they all they get stipends. As a very small stipend, monthly stipend. Um but hopefully as the business grows, um, you know, at the end of the year they'll all all benefit. Um, And hopefully, you know, at the moment we're really just building the business and we're soon going to be registering as a cooperative. Oh, that'll Um, be great. Yes, so that'll be good.
1: Wow, okay. And And that
5: also comes with, you know, um, extra funding from the DTI, which will equip our house, you know, with furniture, which is wheelchair-friendly, and um, give us a good shop with Proper shop fittings and all sorts of things, so we really are moving to the next level.
1: Now, we're, very exciting. Now, I mean, obviously, you are in Horston, just outside Harmanis. Now, if people wanting yes. to get hold of your soaps and your pigs and uh, can they only get it from if they come out to you on, in the shops, or where else can they get no, these No, no, uh,
5: we we will mail. Um, we have a, we have a very active Facebook page, which um, you can go to and contact us by that. Um, we also have an email address. Um, People can email us. Um, yeah, so that's basically how we'll do it.
1: And they can do so, that. You, you, you'll mail to them around the country, will you? We will. And we want to give and, out those contact details, Lois, so they can get hold of you.
5: Okay, I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you our website address, our, our email address firstly. Okay. Which is loveability one word. Right. At whalemail. Right. dot dot za.
1: Okay, and if people I want to... I can
5: give you a phone number as well. All right. It's 083-413-1717. Right.
1: Yes. Okay, and if people want to have a look to see what the products look like, is that on your Facebook page?
5: Um, Yes, you'll see the stuff on the Facebook page. But anybody who's local, or who's coming to Manus for whatever, whatever reason, um, of which there are plenty, yes. um, we'd love you to come and have a visit. Um, we're, at, we're in Church Street in, in Holston, which is very easy to find. And we're at the, uh, St. Andrew's Anglican Church. And we have a, a really nice little shop where people can browse and, and see what we do. And it's also just fun to see the five wonderful people doing their thing.
1: And for those who aren't in the Western Cape, who want to have a look on Facebook, what is the Facebook page?
5: Um, well, if you Google Facebook uh, Loveability, you'll find us there.
1: Okay, so quite simple to find you.
5: Yes, very easy to find us.
1: And as you said, you're in Church Street in Horston, which is just before you get into Hermanus proper. So if yes. people want to come along and have a look. And are you open five days a week?
5: We are. We open every day until um, 3 o'clock.
1: Okay, so from nine
5: to three.
1: Okay, so if you're in the area, it sounds like it's somewhere definitely to put on your list of things to go and pop in and have a look at. Lois, it sounds like a wonderful project and I wish you much success into the future. You've got lots of wonderful ideas and hopefully you'll um, grow go from strength to strength and we'll see your products all over the country.
5: Yeah, we've got so many people to thank along the way. you know everything just seems to be falling into place. with lots of love and support from all over the show.
1: Well, it's obviously a very worthwhile project, and people see the benefit in what you're doing, so I'm sure that's why it is. But thank you very much for your time on the show this evening. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks to Myra. Oh, pleasure. Thank you, Lois. <laughs> thanks, Karen. Bye. Good. Bye-bye. Lois Apter was telling us there about lovability, and if you'd like to find out more, she said there's a website, lovability at whalemail.co.za. There's a phone number, 83 083- Four one three one seven one seven, or look for them on Facebook. Just Google, go on to Facebook and search for Love Ability. Well, that's it for the Disability Report. Next Tuesday, the 13th of October, I'll be back with our monthly phone-in. And with October being Eye Care Awareness Month, we'll be focusing on all things to do with your eyes. Well, if you need any information about something you've heard on the show this evening, take a look at the Facebook page, Disability on SAFM, or email me directly on disability at safm.co.za. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me. But right now, it's time for Stephen Kirker and some late-night music. Hello, Stephen.